To support our work at the Izzy and Murtada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you'll get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Hi, I'm Mortada. And I'm Izzy. And this is the Izzy and Mortada Picture Show. Um, this week, we're going to continue, me, or at least me, I'm going to continue talking about Annette Benning, but we are also have two <laughs> movies to discuss with you. We're going to discuss Society of the Snow and Perfect Days, which are two of the five films nominated for Best International Film. And the reason we're discussing these movies is that Perfect Days just opened last week, so people have a chance to see it, and Society of the Snow is on Netflix, so... Um, and according to Letterboxd, it's the most popular movie of 2024, because um, so that means a lot of people are watching it. Of course, the other three movies are The Zone of Interest, which everybody thinks um, will win, and uh, the German film The Teacher's Lounge, and then the Italian film Lo Capitano, which hasn't even opened yet. I just got invited to a press screening, um, so I don't know how that got nominated, but I guess the Academy saw it. <laughs> there you go. So, Izzy, yesterday, we're recording this on Tuesday, but you'll hear it um, on Wednesday. Um, there was the Academy luncheon, and guess who showed up? Annette showed up. She Annette. sure did. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> She's a nominee. Yeah, she uh, is. And um, actually, all five Best Actress nominees were there, because I saw pictures of all of them, including our German favorite, Sandra Holler, who I think left Europe and came to LA finally. So um, so she was there and, um, and Annette was there. And now we have our guest is here. Um, we have a guest who um, who is joining us. Carl, we started like two minutes ago, so you can just join in. Oh, perfect. Um, Hello. Hello. Sorry, the trains were really not agreeing with me. Um, I blame... Dune. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You, that you went to see Dune. I was at Dune Part Two. And yeah. Then so, into the so, snowy abyss. Fun. Um. So, Carl, introduce yourself. Um. To the listeners. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carl. Um. I'm a critic at Smash Cut. Um. Editor of the Times. Uh. Famous friend of Bertada and <laughs> Izzy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me again. Thank you, Carl, oh God, for joining of us. We love talking to you last time when we talked about all of us strangers. So we're talking about Best International, and we're going to talk Society of the Snow and Perfect Days. Um, but first of all, we wanted to talk about the luncheon. So um, as I mentioned in every episode, I'm so happy Annette Benning got nominated, and she managed, she came to the luncheon. Um, and there's this video going around with her talking intensely with Mark Ruffalo, um, the interloper from her previous nomination where the kids are all right, but maybe just her friend now. Um, he's not trying to steal her wife. Um, Carl, did you, I know- If Izzy... only Julianne Moore were there to steal. <laughs> right? Julianne should have been there. <laughs> um, 
So this the the star of this luncheon is the dog Messi from all what is the movie called Anatomy of a Fall. I was just about to mention that. That's yeah. that's all I saw from it, and that's all I needed to see. And so I agree, honestly. I mean, nobody. I feel like Annette had a great look, but I didn't see a lot of great red carpet looks for the day. So I think Messi's blue bow tie really took the top prize for me. Yeah, I think people are tired. I personally am tired of the Oscars because of two things. It's so long between the nominations and the ceremony this year. And the other thing is just what's happening in the world. Like, they just seem so trivial. Like, yesterday was such a bad news day. And just, I couldn't care about the Oscars. And I know in this podcast, we should be talking about the Oscars. But that's the reality of what we're living through right now. Um, yeah, I I feel like it's um it's very similar to the Met Ball <laughs> <laughs> not in, not in the sense of like scale, but do you remember the day where it was like the unions were striking and like half of everyone's timeline was like mm-hmm. uh, writers aren't being paid and they're living off scraps and that it was like people in couture modeling. Um, yeah. Like the most expensive clothing on earth. Yeah. It feels well, like that is, but just like multiplied times a million all exactly. the time now. <laughs> Where it's like Super are... Bowl, but also Gaza. And you're just like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah, the Oscar luncheon, but also people are being murdered. Um, yes, um, anyway. and it would be better if also people were talking about it, but no one is. And so it just feels like, okay, we're going to do this while we ignore everything that's happening around us. Yeah, yeah, people are not talking Literally about only it. Mark Ruffalo and that's it. And Mar- and what's her name? From Marsha Cross. <laughs> They're the only ones who said anything. Yeah. I mean, from the nominees, Mark Ruffalo is the only one who said anything. He wore the artist for a ceasefire. So um, this show, um, we send our props to Mark Ruffalo for speaking when everybody seems to ignore the world they're living in. Um, Everyone else. Did Jonathan Glazer, too? I feel like he did at some other award show or maybe it was like uh, Mika Levy or. Mika Levy mentioned something when she won the London Critics. But Jonathan Glazer is absent. He has not done any events that I know of. Anyway, I haven't seen his picture. So I haven't. Um, I haven't seen him. And that's the movie that, you know, most relates to what's actually happening. But um, but anyway, let's talk about the movie. Should we start? Carl, did you have you seen Society of the Snow? I have, yes. All the right, only so, uh, international feature one I haven't seen is Io Capitano. So that's the only one. Because I it, Go. like I was just saying, it hasn't even started playing yet. I just got I invited to a press screening. Um but all right, so we can talk about the, the category in general, but we want to talk about these two films, Society in the Snow, which is on Netflix, and Perfect Days, which is on um, just out in New York and L.A. and probably other cities soon. So, Izzy, why don't you tell us what Society of the Snow is about? Uh, so Society of the Snow is about this plane crash that I did not know had happened, but is apparently very famous um, that had ha- that occurred, I believe in 1972 in the winter mm-hmm. of 1972 in the Andes mountains um, between uh, Uruguay and Chile, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, basically this rugby team and friends and family get on a pl- get on a plane there is pilot error and they basically crash into the mountain um and the search is called off uh quite quickly because they can't see the plane um 
and essentially they live on this mountain for over a month before they're able to find help. And it just descends into exactly what you might expect of any harrowing survival story where there is no food. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a pretty rough go, but uh, eventually some of them make it out. Not everyone, obviously, but it's a miracle that any of them survived. Mm, did you mention actually it was three months actually that they were oh, in the, three the mountain yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah it crosses in october and i don't think they're found until january yeah, yeah. Uh, but the big thing here is that they eat each other right like that's the big story right. or they eat the dead do they eat each other or eat that they eat the dead right well yeah. they each other are the dead <laughs> <laughs> Ah, well, they start with the dead and then they move along. Um, so what did we think of this movie? Um, I'll leave myself to the end. You guys go first. Uh, so to me, I thought it was fine, basically. Um, I It was very focused. I thought it was very respectful to the lives of people who'd been lost in the mm-hmm. sense that like it really paid a lot of attention to not sensationalizing um, cannibalism, which we know like, I mean, I feel like this is kind of a focus of this story, but almost every survival story that's like this involves some kind of cannibalism. <laughs> like it is a thing yeah. people resort to. Um, yeah. And then- but it was respectful of like the moral dilemma of that. And I thought that was nice. Um, but I also felt like it really was not focused on character really mm-hmm. very much. So a lot of it was just the plot of like, we need to do this. We need to find this. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the next move? What are we using for food? That kind of stuff. But it wasn't really like asking you to be invested in any of them as personalities beyond the narrator. Mm. Um, and then eventually the two who descend the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought that made it kind of hard to be invested in, but I do think it's like very chilling. I mean, to me, like scary, scary movies don't scare me. Movies like this scare me or like, <laughs> yeah. like the scariest thing on earth to me is pilot error or my own, <laughs> um, lack of survival skills. <laughs> So like to oh, wake up and see all the snow, I was like, oh God, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> yes. And that plane crash, I think, is one of the most frightening plane crash sequences I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Because it's so specific. It shows you everything that is happening to people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. When their legs broke. Yeah. Oh I was like, God. that's yeah. the terrible. It's yeah. it's horrifying. Wear your seatbelts, kids. That's like the best advertisement for wearing your seatbelt on a plane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree that that plane crash is very detailed um, and it goes on forever. I felt like it was a a quarter of an hour. I'm sure it wasn't that long, but it felt really long because they they showed everybody what happened to every single person on that plane. It just kept going and going. Um, I agree with you, Izzy, about the the sort of like, I couldn't get into it because I didn't know any of these people. Uh, They all kind of were just one character, plane crash survivor. Um, There was no distinguishing sort of characteristics to any of them, um, despite their function in the story. It just not, 
not despite just the, the only specific characteristic was their function in the story not anything mm -hmm. to do with character um carl what did you think um i fall on the other side of the the mountain, if you will. Uh, all right. <laughs> I completely agree that the characters are all very flat. They're all, I had a hard time telling them apart. I think I might, my, my like tweet reaction was literally, could I tell anyone, did I know anyone's names? No. Could I tell them apart? Yeah. No. Was I enthralled from beginning to end? Yeah, I was, I was very engrossed in it. I think Jay Bayona for all his, um, his flaws as a filmmaker, which this being, I guess, one of them, um, he is so good at making you feel something really viscerally. And so, for example, a plane crash, like you feel, you feel everything. It feels like an assault on the, on the senses. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the movie, as like they just face poor luck, honestly, at every single point of this thing. Like first you get in a plane crash and then you get hit by an avalanche and then yeah. a snowstorm and they need to live here. And then the fact you know like the 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 sad ironic but comedic fact too that they get the radio to work just just in time to hear that they called off the search like it's just mm -hmm. yeah it makes him he really makes you feel the hopelessness of it all um and i don't know i'm izzy i'm guessing you didn't but Murtad, have you ever seen the the 90s version of this story alive <laughs> I have seen the 90s version, the the white version with Ethan Hawke and company. Exactly, the white version. <laughs> like the white version. <laughs> to be clear, Latin to be clear it, it pretty much still is the white version. <laughs> it is very true. It is very yeah, true. I mean, yes, but at, at, a little yeah. closer. A little closer, closer, yeah. I mean, the Lengthy, director yeah. is Spanish, Spanish, so that's white. But I guess the some of the actors must be from Uruguay and Chile, no? The main guy is from Uruguay. Hot Adam Driver. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. I've been trying. I was been trying to figure out who he looked like the whole time. Yeah. Um. But yes, I, I I saw it, Carl. What were you trying to say? We we then went into oh, the tan that, tangent of, yeah. <laughs> of Hot Adam Driver. Um. That. Uh, I think this version of the story, where that version of the story is a very sensationalized version. Mm -hmm. This is based on a book by a journalist that, um, you know, was very, that researched it, was like involved, very involved with the survivors. Um, and maybe perhaps was co-written with the two surviving survivors. Mm -hmm. um, so it feels very journalistic in that case where it's like, this is each your point, like this is exactly what happened and we're going to show it in very clear detail. And once I, once I kind of, convinced myself of that and it does take work to convince mm -hmm. yourself okay I'm going to ignore the fact that I don't know who these people are I was very very engrossed by it um when any of the characters died did I feel sad no mm -hmm. did I realize yeah. that the person the when one person died that like when the narrator kind of dies before the, the end I was like oh that's sad that person died and I was like oh wait that's who's been talking to us the whole time <laughs> oh shit I was like oh my god um yeah. But despite it all, I think I was able to, I was able to enjoy it, enjoy, quote unquote. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I think you're totally right about make, him making you feel it though. Like when the avalanche comes and it just cuts to black, I was like, oh, is that what it's like to die? Like, I was like, I was like mm -hmm. oh my God, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen yes. in my life. Seriously. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it only got, it got international feature and it got one other nomination, right? I forget what it was, but um, actually, I have it. Have, have it up. I think it did well at the Goyas. 
yeah. swept plays... the Goyas. It like literally yeah. won everything, including costumes and like production design and things like that. Oh, makeup and hairstyling was the other. Um, I would have given yeah. it a sound nomination first yeah. over makeup and hair. Makeup and hairstyling, I was like, fine. You splash them with some like dirt and like make yeah. them look skinny. And so, oh. but you're right. I think the sound design and easy to the point about is this what death would feel like? Like that avalanche um, scene is the one that sort of stands in memory even more than the plane crash, I think, because they're just enjoying themselves and chatting. And then just in the background, there is this noise of, you know, as if somebody's knocking. And then the noise keeps, and then they start noticing it, and they get quieter, and the noise gets louder. And that's the avalanche coming and it takes forever. Again, I think this movie is very good at making you feel that these catastrophes last forever. And it's not like, even though in time, it's probably like a minute, but it just kept going. And I'm like, what is going to happen? And then, and then it happened and it went to black. Um, you know, the you... one Goya. Go ahead. Sorry. But the, just gonna say the one Goya did not win was screenplay, which makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, did you think about how you would react if that happened to you? No, I'd rather not think about that at all. I'm just like, <laughs> no. I'm I volunteer, gonna, I'd volunteer I myself die. to be Ian. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, I was like, take my body, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I scooped, um, scooped, that's not the right word. I shoveled the snow today in the driveway. <laughs> in my mom's driveway yeah i know um and i was like oh this is too hard i think (laughs) i would die on the mountain yeah yeah (laughs) um i mean my thing watching this the only major thought i had is like why was this nominated apart from you know the sound and the technical aspect of it when there were so many other fantastic um uh, movies, including The Taste of Things, which also opened this week and was represented by France. Um, the other movie I thought of was Monster, but then somebody reminded me that it was Japanese and it was not <laughs> chosen by Japan. And I was like, Monster wasn't nominated. But, you know, I always forget the, the thing of like every um, every country gets it's one movie. Rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really dumb. I mean, I get um, it because you if if you let them choose five movies they would choose one from japan and four from france or one from korea (laughs) and four from france and something like that like they will just choose and maybe one italian one from asia and then three from france because that's what their tastes go towards so you have to sort of like at least put some rule in there which is a stupid rule i agree with it i think it should be continental like you're only allowed to pick one european film and then you have to watch movies from everywhere else please yeah and like even korea and japan are like new like i kurosawa was always nominated that's it nobody but kurosawa but even like you know south korea it you know the cinema in south korea is great and it took forever for it to break through um but we can't complain about that now because Parasite won Best Picture. So I guess. Um, but anyway, um, I was just very underwhelmed by the movies that were nominated, including Society of the Snow. Do you guys agree, disagree? Well, I haven't seen uh, a few of the others in the category, so I guess mm-hmm. I can't speak to that exactly. But it makes sense to me why they would pick this. I mean, this because we kind of talked about how the the concept of a blockbuster with a with traditional drama is kind of like blurring together in something like Oppenheimer 
where it's mm-hmm. like big and kind of like adventure and but also a moral quandary and i feel like that's exactly what society of, of the snow is mm-hmm. where it's sort of like a traditional drama but also can play well as kind of an adventure film as well mm-hmm. um so to me it kind of makes sense that in terms of taste that the academy would really like it i hear that and from the yeah i think from the long list i'm not you know i would I, I would have nominated monster i would have nominated you know godzilla minus one like if i was able to but mm-hmm. of the movies on the short list i do think it's in the top half of them i suppose mm. um i think in this i think it's a strong lineup i again i haven't seen eo capitano yet but um i i under I, tizzy's point i understand i understand its place in this lineup because you get these you know three very um art house international films which i think is a lot of times what people see them as mm-hmm. and then you get this kind of more you know traditional crowd pleasing blockbuster and i think that's maybe good to show that there are these other things i think you know to another point of godzilla minus is one's visual effects nomination that mm-hmm. you know these countries are putting out other movies as well Um, so i think it maybe is is good to expand the concept of what an international film is it's been expanded but you know people pay attention Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean i think uh two of these movies are among my favorite of the year so yeah um is the other one perfect days because that's the one i would nominate too i love perfect days yeah perfect days is my uh is is one of my top three of the year they all kind of like shuffle throughout yeah perfect days is amazing so that's the other movie we wanted to talk about so this is basically the inventor's return to form in my opinion because you know he made those amazing films in the 70s and 80s and wings of desire was it 90s anyway don't count don't count on my history but anyway i'm talking about paris texas and wings of desire amazing classic movies that you can watch anytime that are some of the best made um in whatever time they came in i think paris texas was definitely 1980 um and and then he went on he did he did other things um like um he did documentaries and he did movies that kind of unless you were at berlin or cannes or you know, I don't know, European festivals, you didn't get to see them. Like, I don't think they got that uh, much of a release for a very long, for decades. Um, and, you know, he worked with some stars like Rachel Weisz and whatever, but, th- but these movies weren't that good. Um, and they were really not seen, but now he's back. Um, and I think what this movie shows is that maybe his output wasn't um, as celebrated or acclaimed, but he has lived the life and a full life to make him write this story, which is basically about an older person um, living a very simple life. And what that sort of, at least with the movie to me, is about how this life, if you look at it from the outside, you can see it as insignificant. He is a janitor in Tokyo who cleans bathrooms, public bathrooms. But when you when the film follows him, you see somebody content with 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 his life, with, with what he does, with his past, um, which the movie only alludes to. Um, and the movie sort of at the end, you feel like this is somebody living exactly as he wants to and somebody who's led a full life. And I think only somebody who's lived a full life can tell a story like that. 
that recognizes the joy that comes from these smaller moments um, of just driving in your car and listening to Nina Simone or having your niece over for uh, a sleepover or whatever, these little things or somebody at a bar singing to a beautiful song and you appreciating it. Um, I mean, the movie is just those scenes. It's beautiful. I love it. Carl, I think you agree, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I was honestly blown away by it when I first saw it. I, um, I, I'm also, I'm just a, I'm a sucker for these kinds of movies, the ones that to, that you were saying, you know, take place in the silences of life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like cinematic ASMR. It's just so calming <laughs> to me. It's like Kelly Reichard core um, is my favorite kind of movie. Um, yeah. But I think there, I mean, there's a quiet power to it too. And, you know, it all adds up into a really beautiful, you know, maybe simple lesson about mm -hmm. life. Um, that you could expand into other ways. I actually have a friend um, that saw it and he was like, he was gay, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> then he explained <laughs> his, his theory and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of see that. Um, but yeah, you can you know, imbue a lot onto the story, which I think is um, beautiful. I think people sometimes get complained that movies are, when movies are too simple, this is past lives got a lot of this too, mm -hmm. that it's, um, that, you know, it diminishes them. And I think in both perfect days and past lives case it makes them more powerful um and then koji akusho just does so much with with a you know a, a, a wordless or nearly wordless performance mm -hmm. um wonderful face like it's wonderful such face. a face for the screen yeah and exactly it's like very charismatic and that during mm -hmm. that first i think 30 minutes where we're just watching him go about his daily routine mm -hmm. you know waking up watering his plants going to work cleaning toilets and then you know going to the bathhouse going to the bar and then coming home um you you kind of you are enthralled by it's like it's like a to the point of society the snow being enthralling i found this very enthralling too like yeah. i was like wow oh my god the bathroom the glass shades when you walk into it like it just finds those pieces of wonder which i think are, mm -hmm. are so lovely and then when his routine starts to break you kind of understand that you know his state of mind is kind of pure happiness in that mm -hmm. even if his day doesn't go where he thinks it's gonna go and maybe you know things in the past may come up mm -hmm. um he is okay regardless and i think that's uh really communicated in a non um heavy-handed way and I, yeah yeah i really love it yeah it's beautiful like so the only plot in this movie is that his niece comes to visit because she's fighting with her mom. She never tells us what. And then the mom comes and picks her up. And there is a dichotomy in the economical state of his sort of simple life and house. And the mom who comes in this big car with his sister basically comes in this big car with a driver or whatever. And that's all the story tells us about these two obviously there is estranged but they never talk about anything they just do the pleasantries but the performances of both actor actors in that scene like you can conjecture a lot but you know that they're estranged for a reason and for a big reason um and maybe it's the same reason that maybe he had a fuller life before or what the film implies what normies or what everybody else would think is a fuller life um, than this when in fact this is what he thinks is a full life um, and that is never verbalized they don't say anything 
to each other. Um, but you see the whole history of him and his sister and their relationship and why they don't talk to each other anymore. And just the way that scene is framed and the way the actors react to each other. So it's the type of film that tells you nothing, but um, I'm going to quote my myself here. I think in my review, I said it tells you nothing, but everything at the same time. It's a little bit of a hammy a quote, but I like it. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Well, I'm excited to see it. I haven't seen it. So you're selling it. You're typing it up and I'm excited. Yeah. And and he won Best Actor at Cannes. And I'm, I thought that he was going to get like um, a Best Actor, um, what do you call it, campaign. But that didn't really come out uh, come to fruition I guess because he didn't win from any of the critics I was surprised also he none of the critics voted for him um, I mean coming back to what we were talking about at the top of the up the top of the show um, I do think this Oscar season is a is uh, has been dominated by the same set of 10 the 10 best picture nominees and you know the mm -hmm. fact that these are the 10 that were nominated at PGA and then transferred over to the Oscars is a good indication of that which rarely mm -hmm. happens yeah. Um, I think I'm really glad Perfect Days got into that international lineup. I think there was a, for a second, it seemed like it might not get into it. Um, mm -hmm. and it's a movie that, um, the, I'm curious how, I can say normies react to it. Um, <laughs> because it is, it is a movie that could be quickly dismissed, but what, Wonders showed us with, you know, Paris, Texas specifically is um, his ability to hold, hold the screen mm -hmm. um, in a way that some directors I think nowadays can't do without having a bunch of shit happening mm -hmm. in flash and all this, you know, um, salt burn. Um, and so I think <laughs> it's so patient. You're right. I don't, yeah. I don't know if this is a safe space to say that, but yeah. Oh, it is. Um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, exactly. It's like, it's a, it's the plot. I think uh, it's so uh, intentional and studied and you kind of had these, you know, little vignettes inside characters. You have his little young coworker and his like crush, his girlfriend esque mm -hmm. person. Um, you, you mentioned his sister, you have the, the bar owner mm -hmm. um, who is actually, I found out this um, like renowned Enka singer um, who sings this rendition of, um, there was a house down in New Orleans that's mm -hmm. chilling to me. It's um, beautiful, and you get yeah. little bites of her life too, but you never, again, you never actually learn it, mm -hmm. um, which I think is even more powerful. Just the, because that's how you experience the world. You know, like you don't yeah. know everyone in your life. Um, the sister, uh, this is where, this is how my friend came around to, oh, he's gay, right? <laughs> is that that's the reason that he imbued on mm -hmm. for him being estranged from his family. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's true. I like that read of the movie. Um, I don't think you necessarily need it to you your point. Yeah. Like you don't actually. Um, but it I could be he anything. Can... He could have, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It could be anything. He, he could have chose that's like the Sulphur. fact that he chose this life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Then they're justified for having, having exactly a... <laughs> telling him to <laughs> leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not welcome here. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I think I love, and I love that his, um, that line, which I, I'm, I mean, I'll say it here because it's in the trailer, but I think that is such a, it is the thesis of the movie. It's, you know, like now is now next time is next time. Um, I'm like, why, why would you put that in the trailer? Like that is the, the yeah. centerpiece scene. Um, yeah. but it is, 
it is then communicated with that final shot where you know you just see him uh in his car just happy it's like yeah now is now a lot of things happen to me before this and it's gonna happen to me after this mm-hmm. but i'm okay i'm content um and that's such that's such a hard feeling to communicate and also for a hard feeling like personally to like feel mm-hmm. uh it's something i've been talking to my therapist a lot about uh that, like, <laughs> true contentment is really hard to get to and um, yeah. i think uh i think our our protagonist has found it yeah he did and it, this is what makes this movie beautiful i wish i don't wish for a life of contentment but a couple of days <laughs> you know <laughs> there's a <laughs> A couple of days, a couple of days, a month of just pure bliss. I love everything about my life. There's always, you know, and you know, my life is great. I love most of it, but you know, there's always something that's, um, that's, um, that's gnawing at you and you feel left out or whatever, or you want to do something or you're waiting on something like I'm waiting on this thing these days. Anyway, uh, there's always something, um, that just makes you not content, um, um, and you know, my name in Arabic does mean content. So that is actually oh, my wow. name. Um, hmm. it's... <laughs> I love that. But anyway, um, yeah, this movie is, is wonderful about just living your life as you, uh, not even living it to the fullest or whatever. It's about being happy with whatever it is. It's an interesting um, double feature with past lives. It's because I think they're both kind of gnawing at the same the same theme mm-hmm. where it's uh being content with your choices or being happy mm-hmm. with your choices and that's kind of like mm-hmm. the baseline for happiness is that yeah. you have to be okay with where you ended up i think the characters in past lives aren't or yeah. or perhaps questioning it yeah. and i think mm-hmm. um the character in um in perfect days um accepts that maybe wavers when he gets reminded of the past but then always comes back to it and again that final shot i can't i can't emphasize enough how good that final shot is and how well acted that final shot is it's one of the best of the year yeah um i was so happy to see this movie again recently it's it's really wonderful um yeah and it should have been maybe nominated for best actor too who would you kick out of best actor carl Easy, I know um, your answer, so. <laughs> Wait. Do we know uh, my answer? Do we? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, would I mean, you're, you're, it's, you're probably will kick Maestro out, right? Well, let me read the group again. Oh, I would yeah, probably, probably kick out Cooper. Yeah, I would agree. I think, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I do think, I mean, Cooper, I do think is actually good. I... Uh. Uh, <laughs> no, uh. <laughs> I, I, I think so, too. I would kick out <laughs> Killian Murphy. Actually, I actually know that was my second choice. Um, because I think while he is good, I don't think he gets the material to really, mm-hmm. you know, to to be challenged um yeah. at all. Uh yeah. that category is so um I don't want to I can't say disappointing because I am happy with like Jeffrey Wright, Coleman Domingo. I think those are great noms. I'm mm-hmm. glad that Paul Paul Giamatti has gotten finally gotten his best actor nomination mm-hmm. uh, i don't love that movie i kind of like actively don't like it but i think me neither um <laughs> but i still i i like oppenheimer fine i don't think it's great but i just think acting in especially his performance is just is an anchor to the movie and it doesn't it could it could have been any other actor of the you know the same ethnicity and um, age group and he doesn't give it any specificity he's just every man scientist which is 
Um, yeah. And so the best performance in that movie is not even, I don't think is even nominated as the sag in part of the SAG ensemble is Alden Ehrenreich, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He yeah. gets, he gets a few fiery speeches, but That's I think surprising that he's not in the ensemble. They have yeah. such a stupid rules again, stupid rules. You have to have, what is the stupid rule? You have to have, your name has to be an individual title card an individual title if you're with other actors in the title you don't get a nomination which is so stupid because that's the meaning of ensemble is that you are acting with others yeah. does is rami malik in it i think he is oh that's well, so and, annoying and you know how this gets how people get that lone title is based on their yeah, basically their, their quota yeah, and their exactly. agents and how much they were paid it's not it's yeah, not it has how nothing big, to do with it yeah, has nothing to do with merit or even size of role. <laughs> and Meryl Streep, and she was in there for like three seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Oppenheimer cast list, honestly, and I'm sorry, I'm hijacking your 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 show. No, no, go for it. <laughs> Is uh, Casey Affleck, Emily Blunt, Kenneth Branagh, who I forgot was even in this. He's the Matt German. Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Josh Hartnett, Rami Malek, Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh. So you don't have um. Jason that Clark. Sucks. You don't have Jason Matukas. You don't have Benny Softy. You don't have Benny. Um... <laughs> Benny Softy was that's terrible, crazy. so that's okay. No, okay. Yeah, but I don't... want him to win awards. I love him. Don't come for my Benny. I love Benny Softy. Me so too. Much. He's not a good actor. What is he doing? Yes, acting? he is a good actor. Yeah, that was a silly accent, but he's a good actor. Maybe in the curse, not people. in Oppenheimer. <laughs> uh, it's the same reason why in Killers of the Flower Moon, there's only it's all the white men and two native native actors and that's it yeah it's that also is so egregious like by this point producers know this so they know this stupid rule just give them their own you know title even if the even if the, then the that runs a couple of minutes more like who cares you play it at the end these days anyway it's never at the beginning and that's our conversation about Society of the Snow and Perfect Days. I think we all think the Zone of Interest is going to win this. It's the one Best Picture nominee. So that means there is no competition. And to Carl's point, I think people this year only saw those 10 movies and that's it. So it's definitely winning. But we recommend um, Perfect Days and yeah, yeah, maybe. It's on Netflix, played on the background and, you know, for uh, Society of the Snow. <laughs> I think you, you. this is a movie where, like, I don't generally like recommending that, but you could do that with this. Yes. No, fully. Okay. I think I think I watched it like that, and I was like, "Oh, this is a movie." <laughs> yeah. 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 Just pay attention in the big catastrophes: the plane crash, the avalanche, the you know, the things like also, that. Also, I think it's really crazy that Netflix defaults to English. Um, God, yeah, dubbing. It's um, really annoying that you have to like go set it to the original language. You it's know what? Possible to set it too. No, you guys need to change your settings. It never defaults to me to English. So I don't know what I did when I first got Netflix a gazillion years ago, but all the movies play in their original language and it never defaults. So it it's a setting a thing. thing. I saw somebody somebody else was complaining. A bunch of people on Twitter were complaining about yeah. it. So I think it's a wider spread thing. Than... Yeah. I just, I had to get Netflix like for myself to get, um to watch like May, December. So my account's new, which means that I think it's probably like a new Hmm, maybe it's a new rule and I just got yeah. Netflix in the olden times before they made everything in English language. Yeah. Um, well, Carl, thank you for joining us. Um, um, we always love you. You have, like we said, we, you have an open invitation. Whenever you want to come back, you can. Yeah. 
Um, and before we go, let our listeners know where they can find you. Uh, Carl, K-A-R-L underscore D-E-L-O on all social platforms. Uh, I'll plug all my stuff there. So feel free to follow. Perfect. And I'm um, BK Rewind on Twitter and BK underscore Rewind on Instagram. Um, you can follow the podcast at I Am Picture Show on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at M-E underscore says on Twitter and Mortada underscore E on Instagram. And until next time, thank you all for Cool beans. I hope you did those movies.